everybody. This is B, And this is Leslie. And you're listening to Getting Shitfaced, a podcast where two friends across the country from each other get together over drinks and talk about our favorite show, Shit's Creek. And this week, we're recapping the penultimate episode of season six, Start Spreading the News. <laughs> uh, that could either been in reference to the word penultimate or life <laughs> i mean it's a little of both but definitely more <laughs> on the penultimate side of things but penultimate side of things um leslie how are you doing in the bunker <laughs> uh i think life in the bunker is all right i got some groceries this week so that's been nice had some like produce in my life which i haven't had lately so that's been a, a welcome change you haven't just eat, been eating straight carbs like me? I mean, I was, but today I had a salad. It was a really nice change of pace. That's fair. That's fair. I did make a salad the other day. You did. You made a beautiful salad. I had a beautiful salad, and then tonight I just, just downed some pizza in five minutes. But Sometimes you just need pizza. Yes, it's true, but we're all here. We're all safe in our houses, which is all we can ask for right now. Yep. And we get this lovely episode... And even more has been happening, so I think we can't complain. I mean, we can totally complain, but (laughs) in terms of Schitt's Creek, we can't really complain right now. Yeah, there's definitely like content overload at the moment. (laughs) Yes, yesterday I was like, it needs to stop. (laughs) Just, just, I need like an hour to breathe before another article, another announcement, another live stream, whatever. (laughs) Instagram live, it's it's all happening. It's great, but it's a lot. It's a lot, but it's also getting us through these tough times. So. This is true. Um, but um, there's one other thing I wanted to mention um, before we talk about the episode. Um, speaking of Instagram lives, I have a friend who uh, he promoted my fundraiser. So I figured I should promote his <laughs> fundraiser. Um, but uh, the cast of Shit's Creek is raising money for Feeding America and its equivalent in Canada. Um, they're trying to raise $100,000. Probably by the time you listen to this, they have raised $100,000. But hey, let's raise more than that. Um, and so you should go to gofundme.com forward slash Schitt's Creek Gives Back and give money and help people who are struggling in this time of need. And you get to watch live Instagram videos with Dan, who's not good at Instagram. <laughs> Watching his last night was delightful. <laughs> Yes, it was. I didn't know he was that bad at technology, but it is very charming. It is. It is. But yeah, should we actually talk about the show? We should. Or do we not want to talk about it? Because then it will be over. I mean, we just want to cry about it, but we should also talk about it. Okay. (laughs) So this week's episode, start spreading the news. Um, As the family prepares to head to New York, Moira is still uncertain what the future of her career holds. But an answer arrives in the form of a diamond tennis bracelet and a call from Tippy, giving in to her demands and re-offering her the Sunrise Bay reboot, which will start filming in L.A. in two weeks. Alexis cleans out her closet and offers up some of her clothes to Twyla, who later tries to return the gesture by gifting Alexis a hefty check to help her make her new start. Ultimately, though, Alexis decides she needs to do this truly on her own, and she's going to be even more on her own than she had realized— because David discovers that Patrick was secretly trying to buy them a house, has an emotional heart-to-heart with Stevie about what he really wants, and in the end decides that he isn't done with life in Schitt's Creek just yet after all. It was a big episode. It was a big episode, and so you guys need a really good drink to go with that. Um, And Leslie found a really great one. It's called the Welcome Home Cocktail. Oh, I love the name. We got... We already know next week's yeah. drink, and so we got good name drinks coming your way, but this one was very cute. And it's actually because people move to the town I live in when you yeah. actually read the actual cocktail, um, and it sounds really good. Um, it's gin, lemon juice, champagne, because you got to celebrate coming home, uh, simple syrup, ice, and a brandied cherry. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Sadly, didn't have champagne. I didn't have champagne or gin this week. <laughs> I know. It's so so sad to miss out on things um, while we quarantine, but it works out. I will definitely be making all of these as soon as this is all over. So. That's the bad thing, too, is like we've picked really good ones. Um, <laughs> but I'm drinking a peach blossom 
cider from a local winery Yum. named Oliver, which I my fruit wine came from them as well. Um, they're lovely. Leslie, what are you drinking? I am drinking one of my favorite things to just randomly make at home, which is vodka, amaretto, and pineapple juice. <laughs> All great things. Yeah. Um. So either grab the welcome home or grab your favorite drink as we deep dive into the episode. <laughs> yeah. And of course, let's start with the cold open. So we, speaking of drinks, drinking. we have the family here sharing some mimosas in celebration of their upcoming big move mm-hmm. and i i really like the scene because it's i mean we do have a lot of like you know the family in the motel but as we get down to the end here it's it's a little more bittersweet every time yeah. it happens because you know it's one of the last times it's going to happen yes i think at this point too you're also like was this the one the last one mm-hmm. but um yeah and it's very it's very cute and very like it starts out very like normal Shit's creek Rose family, and then at the end, when they're all just kind of like looking around, you're like, "Oh, this is different. <laughs> this is it." <laughs> yeah, he, Johnny specifically says, you know, that this isn't going to be home for much longer, and it's just, yeah. I think that's probably the first point I started crying in this episode, yeah. and then I just didn't stop through the rest of it. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> but it was very sweet, and I love that they still kind of ended it in a very rose fashion when he. <laughs> He deleted the the lovely picture he took of them. But they all, they're all going places. And I love it, the contrast, which we'll talk about later with the end scene, where here they like, they think they're like going places together. together. And so it's very, very lovely. Yeah. And that, of course, throws us into talking about Moira, who is sort of the one who still doesn't really know what lies ahead for her. Mm-hmm. She, she gets the news from Jocelyn and Roland that the Sunrise Bay reboot is moving ahead without her and is understandably disappointed that they didn't at least call to tell her. Um, And so it leaves a big question mark for her as far as what's next, aside from getting out. Like, she's still excited about that. Yeah. (laughs) But she doesn't know career-wise what's next. Yeah, and she's even, like, asking Johnny, like, what can I do with what you're doing and stuff like that? Like, trying to make herself relevant in different ways but i think she's still i think right now she is very excited to be getting out but if it had continued that's just the way she Mm -hmm. got out like don't know how happy she would have been agreed over the long term but thankfully yeah a package shows up at the door and she opens it and there is the tennis bracelet that she asked for and a note from tippy and a phone call telling her sunrise bay is go and they have chosen her over clifton Yes. I have one question. Is Nicole Kidman still in this? (laughs) That's a good question. (laughs) I hope so. I would love to see it. But it's so exciting. I love how excited she is when she gets the call and she both is like just like very enthusiastic, like yes, but even her like very heartfelt thank yous that Mm -hmm. she's like getting this other chance and Yeah. I like that it wasn't the only way she was getting out too. Right. Yeah, it was almost like a bonus on top mm-hmm. <laughs> um because she would have done something whether it was this or something else something would have come along for her yeah um and i like that it was this that they recognized exactly what she was worth she asked for what she was worth and they didn't mm-hmm. recognize it at the time but in the end ultimately they they realized that she was more valuable to them than clifton was and than her demands were so she's getting what she asked for It's true. You know, maybe Nicole said she wouldn't do it without her. Maybe. Maybe Nicole called her the linchpin of the series. (laughs) I'm giving Nicole a way way bigger part in this show. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) We don't have any episodes, like, that are going to tackle that, so we might as well fill it in however (laughs) we want. (laughs) I like to think that Nicole thinks that somewhere out there, too. But yeah, I was so excited for her that she got this opportunity. And it was so nice to see the family, like, rally around her in that. Yeah. You see where Alexis comes in. And thinks that Moira's giving her the bracelet temporarily <laughs> yeah. there. Um, but, you know, hugs her really big. She hugs Johnny. Like, everybody is hugging each other. They're all very excited for Moira to have this opportunity, mm-hmm. even though they're not entirely sure yet at that point what that's going to mean as far as their living situation. Yeah. I love the Alexis and Moira just, like, little touches throughout this episode of, like, how close they are now and how much they root for each other. Yeah. 
And and Alexis was obviously instrumental in making this happen. Like she's the one who told Moira mm-hmm. that she should ask for what she deserves. And without all her PR work, she wouldn't have even gotten to that point to be able to ask for it in the first place. Yep. They're going places. <laughs> They're all going places. Including to Jazzagal's rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> that scene was so much. <laughs> I can't decide what was so much about it. But it was probably Ronnie. (laughs) Ronnie. Ronnie teared up. (laughs) Ronnie. That is literally my first. Was that my first cry? It was definitely one of them. I think it was my first (laughs) one where like Karen Robbins is like, she's not allowed to cry. And I love I love the support that they give Moira in both directions here. Like they know Mm -hmm. that she's disappointed about Sunrise Bay. So they all rally behind that. And, you know, you get you get Ronnie being like, fuck them. Right. And then, of course, Moira has news that says otherwise, and so they rally around her in that in that aspect as well. And so, like, they just really want what's best for her and what she wants, yeah. even if it, they're sad about the fact that now she's going to be leaving. Yeah, and I love how quickly they turn it around. <laughs> yeah, but I do. I love her like metaphor too for like the wolf cub that she's the wolf (laughs) the blind wolf cub and they lead her out and i just love that it's so such a moira thing to say Uh but at the same time like so sweet it was it was very sweet (laughs) that she's actually acknowledges that she's learned something (laughs) from them maybe a little bit of a backhanded compliment but i mean moira wouldn't do it any other way (laughs) no but yeah that was that was one of the things that i really wanted from this season was to see moira in some way acknowledge that this town has changed her and that's what we got here i love that that she acknowledges it and even like i think her being like no 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 i don't want to hug you but then being Mm -hmm. like no yeah i want to hug you like that's very much a change for her as well that she has stopped closing herself off and she gets to take that out into the world and be a better person (laughs) yeah that's really the thing about this episode is like there's so many reminders of how they've changed and how they're going to carry that forward into the rest of their lives even if they're not all going to be together anymore i know (laughs) Um, (laughs) even if the family's not all going to be together anymore like they're still they're going to be closer than they were it's not going to go back to the way it was when they had money like all of them have learned things and become better people because of their experiences in this town and even if they're leaving it those experiences are going with them yeah, and I also think that the people, the ones of them that are leaving that will, like, as they go out into the world, they will be open to other people in a way, mm-hmm. and not in a bad way like, say, Alexis was, but, like, they will be open to, like, building friendships and mm-hmm. finding new p- source people as sources of joy that they wouldn't have been before. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Speaking of going out into the world, we got to talk <laughs> about Alexis. She's still moving to New York. She's going. She's excited. She's ready to start a new life there. And so she's getting rid of a bunch of her clothes because she's going to have to share an apartment, so she thinks, with David and Patrick. Yeah, she's Marie condoing her clothes. <laughs> or she just has nightmares back to when she was trying to stuff them all in that suitcase to go to the Galapagos. Um, but I, lo- I loved her just dragging trash bags through town like the visual of that yes and twyla being like you don't have to bring your trash here (laughs) but i loved both what we learned about alexis and then literally the biggest surprise truly of the season (laughs) of the series maybe the series is that twyla (laughs) is a (laughs) multi-millionaire I loved this as a surprise because yes. for one, it, it helps to explain why Twyla can seem to subsist on her poultry tips right. that she gets at the cafe. But it's it's such a good like mirror to the Rose's journey mm-hmm. and the fact that money made them worse people in a lot of ways. Like it yeah. enabled their their worst instincts. And in Twyla's case, like the money is just there like she's happy in spite of it basically right um and she spends her life just doing what makes her happy and being kind and not thinking about the money in a way that the roses clearly didn't (laughs) yeah i also like that that it is a 
both Alexis like gives her advice about it, but for on the Twilight side of thing, it is a good thing for I think Alexis to see that like as you go out into the world, as you become successful, as you make money, like mm-hmm. you now know how to be kind and a loving person without money, but mm-hmm. you can still be those things if you go out in the world and get that. And so I love that they've been given that parallel mm-hmm. as they all leave is that what you have become, you can still be right. And Alexis kind of definitely sees that I think. Yeah. Um, but also gives Twyla some advice. Yeah. And she turns that into buying the cafe, which I love. I love that, that it makes her smile. <laughs> that is her criteria. And I love the thought of Twyla owning the cafe. It just makes me happy. <laughs> it makes me really happy. And I, I, I think she's right. Like in terms of, you know, it makes her smile. Like this place has brought so much joy. We've talked about this before. Like it is kind of like almost the epicenter of the Rose's lives in some right. ways. There's so many big moments that have happened at the cafe for them. And if it happens that way for the Roses, it must be true for, you know, other people in town as well, that this is a place that brings people joy. And so yeah. the idea that that Twyla gets to, like, take ownership of that and be the one who, like, truly is in charge of making the residents mm-hmm. of the town's lives happy. I love that for her. I love that, too. And, like, you're right that it's a pivotal part of the town. And, like, we've talked about that. Like Rose Apothecary is an, is a character in the show and the cafe is definitely a character of mm-hmm. the show, but I think it's very much a character that's intertwined with Twyla. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just like the idea of this show like going off into the world and that Twyla and David and Patrick are still there in that town. <laughs> and there she goes. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> It doesn't take much to step me off at this point. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to get into it. Um, that will always be there. Like when we all yeah. walk away from this, you can always just know that Twyla will be there in the cafe. <laughs> <laughs> Twyla and, and David and Patrick just there making people's lives better. Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> we should get back to what we... We were talking about Twyla because, um, and Alexis, we should talk about Alexis some more because she, I was very surprised to read on the internet that people were like, I never thought of Twyla as like the DV to Alexis's David. And I was like, you just now realize this. I think in a lot of ways, it's really that it's almost the opposite, that Stevie has become the Twyla to David's Alexis. Because yes. Twyla all along has been giving Alexis like good advice and being a right. good friend. And Stevie and David have had to kind of like grow into that a bit more, I think. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, that is surprising that some people didn't realize like how good of friends they really are at this point. It's like, you didn't realize that? Um, but I love that they are making an effort to be friends beyond Schitt's Creek. Yeah. I'm definitely curious about like how much money Twyla offered to Alexis here. I know. <laughs> because she says that it's even more than the dresses would have retailed for altogether. Not even mm-hmm. like used, just initially. So if you figure there's even like 20 dresses in that bag at like, let's say $500 a piece is just like a nice round number. That's at least yeah. 10 grand. And I'm sure it was more than that, judging by yeah. Alexis's reaction and Twyla trying to say that like it could help her potentially get a place on her own and all of that. Yeah. Um, so like it, she definitely just was totally willing to just hand over this nice chunk of cash to Alexis, no yeah. strings attached, no question, because it would make Alexis happy and that would make Twyla happy. It would, but I do I feel for Alexis because I too would have regretted it immediately, but. <laughs> very proud of her for turning it down well and especially then after what she finds out later that day that she's going to be going it alone now right (laughs) i felt really bad for her it might be why her and twyla were going to get a drink so she'd be like hey actually (laughs) uh no but i loved that once again even though it's lovely sweet twyla with no strings attached is offering to help her in the world she wants to do it on her own yeah and isn't that just the polar opposite of Alexis Rose in season one. Yeah, I mean, you think back to the very first episode with wanting Stavros to come rescue her. Yep. It is truly the exact opposite. 
Yep. And, you know, Twyla and Alexis would make a cute couple is all I'm saying. But anyway. I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen in New York when Twyla comes to visit? <laughs> I just told Leslie last night that, you know, they have to have a plot for the movie. Some, some Something. <laughs> so just need an idea, Dan. There you go. But yeah, she's going places. She is. And sadly, she's going places on her own. Yeah, David. We got to talk about David. I might need like four more drinks to talk about David Rose. <laughs> oh, this episode. Kudos to Daniel Levy all around on this episode. Yeah. Between the writing and the acting. Like this was this was a home run. The best. <laughs> this was the best. Um, I have loved like he's an amazing actor in general, including writing. But like I would say. This is the best acting he does ever. Yeah. Yeah. Not that any of the other acting is bad. It's just that good in this episode. Because the range of emotions that David Rose goes through. (laughs) Yeah. The range of emotions I went through. (laughs) The range of emotions we all went through while this was happening um, for David. But a big thing I loved about like talking about David and where he's headed is that... Um, we kind of left off last week. We were like, they got to have a conversation, um, not knowing how or what type of conversation. And I love, I think we're going to jump back in a minute, but I love that the conversation happened, but also it seemed like some of the conversation happened and we didn't see it too. Yeah. When he shows up at Patrick's in this episode, um, that it seems that they must have had some conversations because Patrick is at least on board with going to New York at this point. Not necessarily excited about it, but on board with it. Right. And I think when he, going back to like when he comes to talk to Stevie, like it seems set. And I think he kind of seems to know a little bit that he needs to get Patrick like pumped up to go do this thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Because he comes to ask Stevie about like what can make Patrick excited is like a thank you gift, a pizza gift card or a wicked ticket. (laughs) The answer is pizza, and he knows it. (laughs) (laughs) But I love that he's still, like, thinking about him. I think some people were like, oh, he's just, like, jumping ahead. and But they've clearly talked about that this is something they Mm -hmm. will actually be doing, and that he still wants to make sure Patrick feels good about that situation. Yeah, this whole episode with them really threw me back to earlier in the season, and obviously, like, intentionally, this season has been building towards this moment. Um but the part in the premiere when they talk about the potential of having children and David asks Patrick, like, are you sure this isn't something you're just giving up for me? Like, I I thought about that a lot watching right. this episode that David is he that's part of why he's asking, you know, Stevie for help here is he wants to make sure Patrick is like actually excited about this move and not just giving things up on David's behalf. I like that you can see that he is this week compared to last week. He's really starting to think about the actuality of it, not just being so excited about this move. Um, He wants to make this work that it's not just like this selfish thing that he's doing. He wants them to be a a team in this situation. Um, When he goes out into the world with his husband, Yeah, he keeps uh, saying that word, and I keep crying every time. (laughs) Yes, so when he's talking to Stevie um, about giving Patrick a gift, she shares with him a secret (laughs) on accident that Patrick um, may have been looking at a house for them in Schitt's Creek, which leads David to think he needs to talk to his husband. (laughs) Yeah. Another thing that I love about in terms of like behind the scenes, like things that happen off screen um, is that clearly Stevie and Patrick have a pretty close friendship happening off screen, which we've seen before in terms of like he asked Stevie's blessing to, you know, propose to David and things like that. Um, And so here we, we find out that he's been talking to Stevie about this house as well. Yeah. And I also love that, like, I definitely love that part of it is like they are such good friends, but like clearly the show is focused on the roses. So there's these, we've talked about that before. There's like this world that lives in Schitt's Creek that we don't necessarily see all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's one piece of it that they're a really close group of friends. Um, 
And I love that also there's this other aspect that we haven't seen, but that David and Patrick have kind of been like noticing this house together. Yeah, the fact that David immediately knows what house it is was so sweet. And that it wasn't for sale. Um, mm-hmm. He knows exactly what they're talking about. And so that 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 was what made me realize that like, no matter what he says, like this is actually a house that David wants because he knew exactly what she was talking about. He was clearly like so moved by the fact mm-hmm. that that Patrick would go out and look at this house at like somehow f- getting this house for them, yeah. even though because he like you said he knew it wasn't for sale, um, and so just the fact that I mean he says it flat out later on the that Patrick went out and looked at it just because he said he liked it like yeah, but then he goes and he talks to his husband, <laughs> his husband yes, <laughs> who is writing his vows. <laughs> He is writing his vows. In his little notebook. (laughs) Very quickly closes them so that David can't see Uh them, which was very, like, a nice little touch. Yes. But I did love, I, this is where I thought, saw the parallel between the premiere, like, Mm -hmm. having this really real conversation about what they want in life. Yeah. What they're happy with, what they can be happy with, that it, that nobody's giving anything up. And that's such a realistic conversation to have. And I love that it wasn't, like, everybody's like, it's going to be a fight. But like, it doesn't have to be a fight. It could be a very real conversation when people make compromise. David's gotten good at that over the years. <laughs> David has gotten good at that. You don't necessarily like. I think some people don't always see it, but um, he he does care and he does worry and he doesn't like. If Patrick had said no right there, I think it would have been okay. That's not happening. Yeah, like you said, the the parallels with the premiere again, like in that episode, he specifically tells David, you know, I'm happy with you. I'm happy with the life that we've got. Mm -hmm. Um, And here he mirrors that same sentiment and says, I'm excited to be with you. And it doesn't really matter to him where that is. It does matter, but it doesn't. Yeah, I think, yeah, they would have been fine if that's the path they had gone on. They would have lived that life. And so I think it's a lovely thing about these two people that... I think we've talked about it, but like the parallel between Ted and Alexis and David and Patrick, Mm -hmm. who are having very much a similar dilemma between them Mm -hmm. in that they, they have these opportunities or they have these like crossroads and Alexis and Ted, like they had to part their ways to grow and to become better people, even though they had become better people together. And David and Patrick very much the outside thing, like the impetuous behind it is like, one thing but what makes them grow and become better people is when they do it together and so that part of it is the key that as long as they're together for whatever it is it's okay another like little just brief blink and you'll miss it kind of thing that i loved about this particular scene is that if you pay attention to the background behind david when they're having this conversation you can see very clearly some of david's clothes in Patrick's little like clothes cubbies back there. Um, so at this point, they're like fully intertwining their lives. It was mm-hmm. just like such a good little marker of that yeah. um, in an episode that clearly is about how they're going to make their lives together work. Yeah. And like clearly, like I'm sure this one of the sweaters that was chosen on purpose, it's the power of love sweater from yep. Meet the Parents is clearly in the background. And so you kind of see those times when they've had these big conversations together, um, that they've woven their lives together, that that's not ever up for grabs in this conversation mm-hmm. of like being two different lives. It's like, where are we going to make that happen? Um, and this so they kind of end it where Patrick's okay. Yeah, he's he's finding things to be like, at least hesitantly excited about, you know, yeah. he he gets excited about baseball. He gets, you know, talking about the fact that they could relocate the business, all of that. So, like, they've clearly had, like you said, some discussions about what this could mean for them in other ways. And he's he's come around to it, at least. Yeah. And you could have ended it there, but David doesn't end it there. <laughs> of course not. He has to go see the house and... Kill us all? <laughs> and ruin... My fucking life. (laughs) Leslie wrote the absolutely devastating car chat. (laughs) That's what it is. It is. I mean, it's obviously a good chat. It's needed. It's got a good outcome. But like watching it was so devastating. (laughs) 
there's so many layers to this scene that I could talk about. Like, but we should talk about the devastating acting in the scene. God, Daniel, please. <laughs> Apparently, also from the Entertainment Weekly binge podcast, learned that he did this multiple times. The first of which he cried so hard they have to, had to put new makeup on him. But like that he could pull this out. This is not necessarily the first take that he did. It's so good. And his his crying is incredible. Crying. <laughs> like, I don't understand. It's so good. <laughs> How that happens. It's like there's tears, but they don't fall, but they just get bigger. Yeah. I actually, you know what, Leslie? In this episode, Dan Levy, your eyes were fucking loud. <laughs> He's got Noah Reed problems in this one. <laughs> he has fucking loud eyes in this episode, and only one person is allowed to have that at a time. <laughs> it's so true, though. Like, they get throughout this conversation, like, increasingly, like, wet and shiny, and you could just see, like, how close he is to it spilling over, and it, but it doesn't happen until, like, right at the end. No. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Um, and then he's saying all these, like, heartbreakingly lovely thing <laughs> the one that particularly like broke me the point where <laughs> i just fully lost it and you know this because we rewatched this episode together last night after it aired on, it Zoom on zoom and just watched each other sob basically and it's when stevie asks him like why new york why is this such a big deal why are you holding on to this yeah. um and he finally admits basically what we've known about right. him all along, but has never actually put into words that it's because he wants those people to know he's not a joke and that he's mm -hmm. one. He just wants them to see that his life is good and that he has this husband who loves him and a store that's successful, mm -hmm. that he's turned himself into something. This is his moment. That none of them were there for. None of them did anything to make happen or to like that he did this all on his own and yeah. basically fuck you probably yeah, like all these people like used him for his money mm -hmm. and clearly were not good friends to him you know he did right. not have a good time there which everyone has talked about in this episode you know patrick's yeah. like i thought you hated new york stevie's like this was a place that didn't treat you well you know and hurt your feelings yeah david knows that right but he just wants to like rub it in their faces a little bit and i i get it yeah i get that impulse he wants them to know that people love him be without him giving them anything yeah and so <laughs> um that he can show that to people and that just fucking breaks my heart <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that happened he just has to go on without me i'll just be here crying okay i love that whole like he says when he says that like he starts off with like i have big dreams and like i felt david Ro like i don't think i've ever had such a bad time as david rose but i feel like we all could like have that moment like we know we could say like i want to do this because i but really i want to tell people fuck you look what i've right. done with my life right um and that's such a human very human feeling to want to have yeah but it's not serving him well, and Stevie makes him see that. That that's not actually what David wants. David right. does not want New York. Yeah. David wants this beautiful house. And the beautiful life that comes with it. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought this was like such a good... The fact that Stevie was the maid of honor this was such a good like maid of honor moment mm -hmm. you know you always think about like sort of the cliche version where you know the wedding party are the ones who like stop the couple from having cold feet and that sort of thing right. it's not that david was like in any way rethinking the marriage here no but this was like her moment to be able to do that for him to step up and say like this is what you want you're just not realizing it right this is the place you belong. And then and the fact that she says she doesn't want to lose him. Yeah. I mean that I love that parallel of like her telling him about the friends that were not mm -hmm. coming to the wedding of like basically being like, I'm here like I'm here and I want you here. And I loved both just in terms of that, but like such a parallel to like you know that Stevie in season one, maybe for different reasons, wanted to say those same things to him. Mm. 
when he was going to New York and she mm-hmm. didn't, they had that very like extended silence. Mm-hmm. Um, so that she says that here to him and definitely means it in a different way this time, but like, oh, you did just want her to say that and like she does and then and then he just falls apart and so do I. I fell on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I thought though that this was such a good parallel to the start of the episode too. Mm-hmm. We start out with Moira on the phone leaving a voicemail for Bev, who, if you recall, is from Happy Anniversary. Right. Not a good friend. <laughs> who she's calling specifically to like get out the news that they are going to New York and getting some taste of their old life back. And here you get David kind of having the same impulse. Like he wants his New York friends to know that things are going well for him. Right. But I thought it was interesting that it was in the opposite direction that Moira's is about sort of going backwards in terms of like stepping back into the life that they once had. And David's on the other hand is about wanting his friends to see his new life without them. But they both, it's a very like, we've said this before, you know, he is his mother's son. Mm -hmm. And so they both have that same impulse to like tell people. (laughs) Yeah. I like that. Like, but basically she was kind of like, I'm just going to tell him fuck off. But, right, right. <laughs> uh, which is, comes with probably years. Right. She was very self-aware in that moment, though. Like, even Johnny is like, you're not going to, like, go have lunch with her or whatever, right? She's no. like, fuck no. <laughs> no. I always go back to that first season finale and, like, we get David running away. Nobody wants him. And he, so he's running away. And then in this episode, he's choosing to stay because people want him people are saying don't leave me <laughs> to him and like they're sitting on a car and he ran away in a truck and it's like oh fuck you dan <laughs> yeah i mean we talked about it last week with the parallels with you know alexis not wanting to get an apartment with him then and now here she's she's right. fully invested in that idea to the point that she's getting rid of her clothes like right so there's just there's so many Strong parallels. Everybody wants David. Everybody wants David. Nobody wanted him in season one, and now here everybody does. Everybody wants David, and everybody should, because he's just a good, he's a good egg. He is a good egg. I love him so much. David Rose is my favorite character, potentially of all time. I I will say it, and if there, you ever need... Just the perfect masterclass of character development. There he is. <laughs> and he proves it in the last scene. <laughs> yeah, well, before that, though, he has to tell his family that he isn't going with them. And that was also just like so much. Like he said, it, especially compared to that first scene of the episode where they're all together and they're all planning on leaving together. And for him to have to come in mm-hmm. here and say, actually, I'm going to stay. Yeah, I mean, you even you could even see it when they're starting to talk. Mm-hmm. Like he's just sitting on the bed, and remember when I love that visual of like they're on one side and he's over here. Yes, the scene is blocked super well in that sense. Yes. Yeah. Um, but when he's looking at them, like I was like, you can see on his face, he already misses them. He does he misses them and they're not even gone yet? <laughs> they're not even gone yet. Same for me. I miss them and they're not gone yet. <laughs> I know. We are David now. <laughs> He's just sitting there watching them like wistfully. Yeah. As they talk about pizza and pour wine and <laughs> talk about the future and And then they're all going their separate ways. <laughs> yeah, Johnny reveals that they're actually going to LA instead of New York, which that's such a good cap on this season in terms of we've talked about this at other points with Johnny always wants to do what other people want to do, what makes Mm -hmm. other people happy. And so in this case, Moira gets this opportunity. It doesn't really matter to him where he does his job. If they can move it, great. Like, right. And so they, he calls them up and they do, and he just wants to, to support Moira and go with wherever she is, which is of course a great parallel to David and Patrick. Like Patrick was willing to do whatever to follow David as well. Yep. And so I just, yeah, this episode is so well written in terms of being like, a cap on lots of plot lines we've seen this season and mm-hmm. parallels to other seasons. And yeah, it's just tying everything up. Such a good so bow. So nicely. And then um, David telling them he's going to stay 
And I love that it wasn't just like, I'm staying for Patrick, or I'm just saying because we're going to get it. It was like, I have unfinished business here. He has more growing to do. <laughs> he does. And that's like his home. Like, I, he says he has unfinished business, and it is, but that is to build a life there and that to be his home. Yeah. This is where he found himself. And it's yeah. where Patrick found himself. Like, both of them started a life here that they didn't have before. Yeah, I love that moment when they're sitting in the apartment and they look around after mm-hmm. Patrick says, this is where we started our life together. Because it did, because they both, I feel like, were in very similar places, but not like when right. they came to Schitt's Creek. Um, and they found each other um, in the midst of that. And so this is this is their place. It is their place. It's Like he says, it's where his business is. It's where his husband is. Mm-hmm. He he still has more to get from this town, and I think I think that makes sense. Like more than any of them, he has the ties to this place, and it's so appropriate that this town was the gift to him. Yeah, like Johnny gave him this town, and it has truly become a gift. It's David's. It's literally David's town. <laughs> um, I love loved. I don't know. I have just always kind of assumed this from the show, but like if you've ever like just paid attention to places or things David has done, that David has always been the one to make himself more at home mm-hmm. in Schitt's Creek. Like even like he has doesn't have the motel bedspread on mm-hmm. his bed and he has like the picture frame and he built a wardrobe and like he was the first one to go out and find a job like David has always insinuated himself into this town in a way the others have not mm-hmm. and that to me has always said that David was going to end up here but I love that like this is his place now in so many different ways can we get that all culminated in this final scene where he literally gets them a place for themselves here in town. Yes. Um, the house is so cute. <laughs> it, it is, but I do have to point out, and you already know this because we've talked yes. about it, um, that it is very cute, but you're only seeing part of this house. Yes. The actual filming location for this house is like a seven-bedroom house, <laughs> um, yes. which made me laugh a lot when David says in the conversation with Stevie that it's too small for the rest of their lives, because mm-hmm. in reality, yeah. it is very much not. Um, but I like that they showed just like this cute little front part of it. It makes it look like a cute little like stone cottage. Which it clearly was at one point. If you see the whole house, it clearly like that is just probably mm-hmm. the original house. And then there's like, like an addition. They built like an L on the back. Yeah. yeah and there's like a pool and a gazebo. It's a, it's a big property. <laughs> yeah. Which is really funny when you know that. But like, clearly that is not David and Patrick's world. Theirs is this cute little house. <laughs> but I love it. It's so like charming and yes. wooded and it is exactly the kind of house that I would picture them living in. It's perfect. It's so perfect for them and I loved that, that they've just been kind of eyeballing it as they drove by all this time. And and that Patrick literally knocked on their door and was like, my husband really likes this place so if you ever decide you want to sell it, let me know. Yeah. Like... <sighs> Uh, that's the thing is Patrick has always been the one to make the big gestures right he, mm-hmm. he's the one who sings at open mic he's the first one to say I love you he's the one who proposes like he is the big gesture person for David to turn that around and make it a gesture to him is so sweet it reminded me of um, when I watched it again for the podcast it reminded me of Dan talking they talked in the the EW photo shoot and they were asking them questions is like what is the most romantic thing your character has done and Dan said that it was the lip sync because while David isn't overtly romantic he has these big gestures when they count and that counted Mm -hmm. and that reminded me of this moment in that David has this big gesture of putting in the offer on the house because this is one of those times that it counted. He maybe isn't just like looking for every opportunity for them like mm-hmm. Patrick is. Um but he is there when it counts and it was it was the sweetest gesture. <laughs> it was and I love that he like went the full distance with it. He blindfolded oh, yeah. Patrick. Like he made it he made it everything that you would want that kind of surprise to be. Mhm. But I just love that like whole exchange between them where he's like, 
thought you wanted New York and just like the change in their faces. And I love David when they walk up, he's just like taking this big breath, like mm-hmm. Patrick would say no. <laughs> right. The the smile on Patrick's face at the end of this scene, just at, first of all, as a contrast to the last scene of last week's episode, oh, is yeah. incredible. Um, but it's just, you can tell like how relieved he is to be staying because he was willing to follow David, but it's just such a big unknown. Mm-hmm. And so to have David, you know, give him this gift of staying here with the life that he, that Patrick loves. Um He's so happy. <laughs> the store that they love. Yeah. All in their place. And David is so happy. Like, I think, like, I would not hope people wouldn't think, like, David was, like, giving something up. Because I think right. you see f- from the last scene with Stevie and this scene, like, this is what David wants to, like. He just wasn't sure of it before, but. All right. And he couldn't, he, he needed to let that other thing go. Mm-hmm. Um but he's so happy and like that's just like the most happy moment right there yeah depending on how much money david offered for that house <laughs> right i did have that thought like <laughs> i don't think he actually offered any money for the house i think he probably called them and was like hey my husband said we wanted to buy your house and they were and like they were yes like, great <laughs> and he saw that was an offer so now patrick has to actually offer money yes <laughs> But yeah, I love that it's a place that they're both excited about that Patrick, you know, promises to, I mean, he, he basically promises to like make it up to David that they're not going to New York, but he doesn't even need to do that because like, we know, we know that they're going to be happy there, right? whether he makes that promise or not. There's nothing to make up. Like David's not missing out on anything Mm -mm. by not going to New York. He's got everything that he needs here in Schitt's Creek. Yeah. Um, now we'll commence the 20 minutes of sobbing that we normally do after this part. <laughs> I'll be sure to cut that out of this episode so you all don't have to listen to all of it. <laughs> and we're back! <laughs> so, favorite line, B. Um. So my favorite scene was the end scene. Uh, and I, when Patrick asked David, I thought, what about New York when they see the house? And David says, it's not where you want to be. And I don't want to be anywhere you don't want to be. And I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> I'm just going to grow more. I don't know how to feel about that. I do know how to feel about that. And it's too much. Too much to think. Like, David Rose just saying he doesn't want to be anywhere that not even like anywhere that you aren't, but like anywhere you don't want to be. I don't want you to be unhappy, basically. Yeah, that's like such a good distinction is it's not just that he doesn't want to be without Patrick. He doesn't want to be with Patrick if Patrick is unhappy. Like, right. Because I don't think there's any question that they, they, there is no place where they aren't together. Mm-hmm. Like that's never in question. It's where they are both happy. Yeah. And they are both happy in Schitt's Creek. They are. Which leads to Leslie's, which is literally right after mine. <laughs> right. I love the way that the show makes use of the word fuck. Like, there's always mm-hmm. really good instances of it. And this episode definitely had one of my favorites, which is, of course, when Patrick promises that he's going to make David so happy there. And David says, you fucking better. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like the perfect response in that scenario. And it made me smile so much. It's so perfect. And I love the like smile on his mm-hmm. face when he says it because like he knows that he's going to. Yeah. There's no question. Like Patrick is of course going to make him happy there. And David has to like make a little bit of a joke about it. Um mm-hmm. to be like, Yeah, you gotta make it worth it. But we know that that's true either way. Yeah. Um, should we talk about fashion? Yeah. Alexis had a whole bag full of fashion. (laughs) She sure did. I love that she had in there specifically uh, the Ralph Simmons for Jill Sander dress from the Mm -hmm. from the very first episode, that pink dress that she is wearing when she loses her entire life. Right. And Twyla's going to take that one, but she wants to keep it. And I I think that that's intentional. Like that's a memento of how she's ended up where she Mm -hmm. is. and so I love that that was the one that she was like, oh, no, I definitely have to keep this. You can't have it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's such a distinctive 
outfit from the history of the show. And mm-hmm. I love that there were in this episode little pieces of fashion as history, like mm-hmm. the sweater, the Power of Love sweater and the the Dries Van Noten sweater with mm-hmm. the D on it and Lex's dress from there. And then I'm not quite sure who the designer was, but the dress Twyla holds up mm-hmm. is from... Um, it looks like witch's house in here, David. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, <laughs> that's what she's wearing. Um, so I love those like little callbacks to all of that. Yeah, I also would like to talk about Moira's hat, <laughs> <laughs> her like gravity defying hat, <laughs> her like Christmas tinsel hat. <laughs> it's amazing. That's all I wanted to say about it. <laughs> it was great. I saw it back during filming and was like, "That is certainly a look," and I am here for it. <laughs> I remember seeing that during filming and being like, what? It's like a, it's like those little brownie caps, but like <laughs> Christmas tinsel on steroids. <laughs> it was a very festive look for a celebratory episode. <laughs> yep. Um, and I just love that she's just wearing that all around town. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess we should talk about both sweaters. Yeah. The Dries Van Notten sweater with a hand on it, which kind of was like jarring. <laughs> like sometimes i'd be like there's a hand <laughs> yeah yeah it was a little little like creepy from time to time. Yeah. <laughs> dan had reason for it because of course he did of course he did he said on twitter that an open hand symbolizes honesty and trust so like there's meaning behind what's happening in this episode when he's wearing it and then the flame sweater <laughs> yeah it's such a good sweater it is a good sweater. From the brand Off Off White. And it's a very obvious callback to Open Mic. It's a very obvious callback in both like just the flames, but also his heart is literally on fire. <laughs> yeah, which is obviously from the best. And yeah, so like you get this like literal callback to that and it makes sense, you know, they're both about these big gestures for them. But I also loved that it was not just a heart on fire but like it's again like open hand uh, yeah. it's 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 his heart in his hands he's like yeah he's he's coming to patrick with his heart in his hands in this last episode or this last scene so like it made a lot of sense for this to be the sweater for that yeah and i love that that's the choice they made they actually i i doubt that they use it now so i will say it um there's a sweater or a sweatshirt in the uh consignment sale that actually said hearts on fire yep, yep um which what made me really think oh yeah they were looking for something <laughs> right. like this yeah dan actually said on twitter that as soon as he found this sweater he knew that this was the scene he was using right then. yeah so i guess we should talk about next week i don't know that i want to do that because <laughs> if we don't talk about it it won't be over it's still going to happen anyway <laughs> Listen, I have 56 minutes before I need to go watch Dan and Sarah on an Instagram live. So I can make you wait at least that long to make me talk about it. You don't have to talk about it. I could just talk about it. No, I want to talk about it. See, that's what I thought. Um, So next week, of course, is the series finale. Happy ending. You're banned. I know. I know. Banned. Banned at the end. And the episode description is David stresses out over the rain on his wedding day and the family scrambles to make it right. And this is like the stuff that my fic writer heart is made <laughs> of. Like, I mean, for one, I have literally written a fic where it rains right. on your wedding day. But it's such a like tropey thing. Mm-hmm. And I love that so much because it's going to clearly give... I mean, it specifically says the family scrambles to make it right. So, like, it gives the family and I assume the town a way to, like, rally behind them and make this a beautiful day for them in spite of the rain. Yeah. And I think that that's such a perfect choice for the finale. Right. I also, like... (laughs) We have been throughout this entire series being like, can they get married now? What about now? Now? <laughs> um, I do love now how they've set it up at the end because like this episode we watched this week could have been the mm-hmm. final episode. Be- so like the plot lines are in a lot of ways closed. We've had a lot of resolution. I'm sure mm-hmm. they're going to bring stuff to us next week. 
but it's just going to be, like Dan said, a really good episode of the mm-hmm. show. Like, we're not sitting on pins and needles waiting for something. Um, it's just going to be a celebration of the show. And I. Yeah. And this wedding that we've all been waiting for. Yeah, it's going to be a this big, happy, celebratory moment. It's going to be bittersweet. It's going to be everyone together. Um, there's clearly, like, I think going to be some happy anniversary-esque vibes with all of them mm-hmm. dancing. And, like, it, it, like you said, it's just going to be sort of a normal episode in that way. Um, that it's not about these big plots going forward. We don't have a lot of, like, resolutions we still have to get. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I'm just so excited. <laughs> and I know you and I have talked about this too. Like a lot of people wanted the wedding to be earlier in the season initially. So that way we could kind of get like what their married life was going to look like after it. But we've really gotten that all through the season, including the fact that in the past two episodes, David's just been flat out calling Patrick his husband. His husband. Um, so like they've, they've really like navigated that well. Yeah. That is a big thing that's been really interesting to me. And I think we talked about it in the, previous episodes and we've talked about it together like like if they got married earlier it would have been fun but like we i don't think it would have changed a lot of the stuff we saw and also like once you're married it's kind of you're married (laughs) what are you gonna do clean your house right they needed like a story to tell um but we got these little moments throughout like david and patrick are married like patrick says in this episode do we even need a wedding at this point (laughs) David wants one, and so do we. <laughs> and so do we. But um, we did get like this life they've built together, and they're just yeah making it even bigger with the house. Um, and so the the marriage is the icing on top of the wedding cake. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, fashion. There was a a short trailer on Pop um, that aired later in the night, but it was not much of anything in terms of like the actual wedding or anything like that. And so like, I'm so excited to see the whole town, what the whole they're going to look like for the wedding. So excited. I'm so excited. I'm a, apparently these are the best looks ever on the show. Yeah. Well, and there's, there is specifically a wig that Dan had mentioned in one of the up close and personals, which I won't spoil in case anybody doesn't know about uh-huh. it, um, but that we have not seen yet that I'm assuming is coming in this episode as Moira's wedding look. And I'm so pumped. <laughs> so excited. I so excited to see what David is wearing. Mm-hmm. And Patrick. And Patrick. I mean, Patrick, we may have already seen it. We may not have. Well, yeah. Um, But all they'll look all together with everything. And I can't wait. I can't wait either. I mean, I can because I don't want it to be over. But <laughs> This is what I would like to happen. I would like to watch next week and then immediately after next week, have my brain erased of the TV show. <laughs> just like Eternal Sunshine style. <laughs> It could even be I just get that episode because I don't necessarily want to erase this lovely time we've had. Uh, but we could just keep erasing that episode from my brain. And so I keep having to watch it like it's brand new. Perfect. <laughs> but it's going to be so good. And then we get to just cry some more after it's over because mm-hmm. they're doing a documentary. <laughs> yeah. One hour. Best wishes. Warmest regards. A Schitt's Creek farewell special. Which is probably just what like an hour of dan levy crying i mean that's fair it's gonna be an hour of me crying so. and then we're crying and the cast is crying i mean i've there's a promo for it they're yeah. literally just all crying in it so <laughs> pretty much yeah it's going to be great <laughs> but because the documentary is airing you have to remember that the show is on at an earlier time yeah it's an hour earlier than what you would normally watch it at um and so that would be like 8 p.m eastern time and so don't forget that you know you gotta bump it up and accidentally miss the finale or something yes i mean you can go back and watch it again but you'll have missed all that fun so definitely turn it on whatever your preferred means of watching the show turn it on an hour early yeah i guess that's it for us this week till next week and uh, please remember that we will not be ending this podcast after, after next week. We have a whole series to talk about. Yeah. Um, but you should be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at shitfacedpod. And if you want to find us personally on Twitter, you can find me crying about this TV show at Brandy in Indy. And Leslie, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Leslie the Baker. 
And you should be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts as it helps more people find us. Um, and uh, I guess we'll see you next week for the series finale of Shit's Creek. And I've just banned myself. That's okay. The next week will just be us being silent. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.